week, kind of tired. said just like reviving one another you know like as the, as the Lord revives us really come together and so I'm really appreciative of that and really thankful for Sunday nights for that and um, we're going to continue on with the parables some of you may hate that some of you may love it I don't know uh, where you fall with that but we're going to continue on with the parables and looking through them and we're going to look at a parable Luke 18 if you want to turn there it's a, a really pretty um Interesting parable, so I'm pretty excited about it. So my brother Kelvin from uh, uh, Different Mother is going to preach tonight, and uh, I'm going to follow up. We're excited about him uh, preaching and uh, walking us through this parable. So let's pray. Lord, we're thankful that you are the bread of life and, um, and the provision that you provide, Lord. And I pray for my brother as he's getting ready to feed us some word. I just pray that um, it will revive people who need to be revived. I pray that people who have spirits need to be touched, Lord. I pray that your spirit will just touch them in a special way. This evening, Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Kelvin. Yeah.
And right here, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that time, and they're asking him, uh, when is the kingdom of God coming? When are we going to see it? How is it going to come? They're asking all these questions. Um, and if you turn to 20, uh, once so being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God will come, Jesus replied, the, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. If you look at those uh, verses 20 and 21, uh, with those religious leaders, they're looking for a sign. They're always looking for a sign. They're always looking for uh, things to happen. But Jesus has been making things happen all along. As long as he's been walking the earth at that time, he's been making things happen. And they totally missed that the kingdom of God was right there in front of them. God, God himself was right there in their midst. And it tells you at the end of 21, verse 21, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. He's standing right there, and they just totally, totally miss it. So then he goes on. He's talking to his disciples in uh, verse 22, and he's uh, talking to them about his second coming. So he's talking uh, to the Pharisees about his first coming, and he's talking to his disciples about his second coming all at the same time. They already know who Jesus Christ is. They already know him for who he is, and they understand that he's right there dwelling with them. God himself is dwelling with them at that moment. So he goes on to tell him um, about his second coming, but first he must be delivered up. So now we go, uh, we get into 18, and I like to break it down into uh, pre-parable and then get into the parable. So the pre-parable, we'll just work through it in verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Some versions might say, uh, men ought pray always and not faint. What is, it, what is uh, Jesus saying to us uh, when he's saying that men always should pray and not give up? Emphasis on not give up. What do, what do we think that means? What does that look like? So if you uh, know the cross-reference, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is praying without ceasing. This term, praying without ceasing, it doesn't mean that we're uh, on our face or in our prayer closet 24 hours straight praying, but it does mean that we're praying intensely. Then we regroup, we take, we take a little time off, then we get right back out to praying intensely. Uh, an example I like to use, think about the military. Think about the military going to an area attacking or bombing. They're not bombing or attacking for 24 hours continually straight. They go in intensely, boom, 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 then they go back to their quarters, they go back to their camps, they uh, regroup, and then they re-engage again. So that's what we're talking about, prayer continuing. That's, that's the kind of concept that we should have about prayer. So then we move into verse 2 and 3, and we notice that we have two, uh, two characters here. We have uh, a judge in verse 2, and we have a widow in verse 3. In verse 2, he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. What a place that is. You don't fear God and you don't care what people think. What, is that, what does that picture look like to you? What, what kind of person is that? Is that like a selfish person who doesn't fear God, who has no regard, and he doesn't care about people? I mean, that's, I mean, that's where we live. 
all about me, right? Yeah. It's all about me. So then we have, uh, in verse 3, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Now, kind of keep a bookmark right there in verses 2 and 3 as we're talking about, and just think about the judge and think about the widow. But I want to go back and focus real, uh, real quick, just uh, unpack that really quick at the end of verse 1, um, where Jesus talks about they should always pray and not give up. Um, why do you think that Jesus told them to, to pray and not give up? Why do we think that? Well, I submit and suggest that the Lord knew his second coming was going to take a while. Um, he knew at that time that um, his second coming wouldn't come uh, at the next month, the next year, because he hadn't gone to the cross yet. And here it is, we're 2,000 years later, and Christ hasn't come back yet. He's soon to come, but he's not here yet. <laughs> he knew his disciples would go through uh, persecution, heartaches, and troubles. And we can look at John 16, 33 uh, to know that we're going to go through troubles and we're going to have heartaches. If somebody want to grab that real quick. John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So there it is, saints. We're going to have trouble. We're going to be pressed on all sides. We're going to go against some difficult things, but we put our trust in Jesus that he's already overcome the world. He's already overcome everything that we'll ever face. Now let's get into the parable, um, and we'll, we'll start to see this thing unfold. We have two characters here. We have uh, verse 2, we've got the judge. Verse 3, we've got the widow. So I'm going to throw out some characteristics, and you guys kind of on the topics of your mind, and, or if you have any uh, pencils or paper, just kind of jot these down real quick. We see the judge, verse 2. First characteristic, he doesn't fear God. Second characteristic, he neither regards man. So he doesn't care what anyone thinks, and he's showing a characteristic of being selfish. <coughs> verse 3, we've got the widow who's persistent, who kept coming who kept coming. So we flip back to 18.3. Uh, widow in that town who kept coming with him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Let's focus on the judge real quick. Let's, let's look at verses 2 through 5. Let's focus on the judge. 
He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now at the end of that, at the end of five, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now we're not talking about a physical confrontation. We're not talking about a fist fight going on right here. We're talking about her pestering him every day, coming at him every day. She's physically wearing him down, emotionally wearing him down. In some translations, uh, you will see that it says uh, she will give him a black eye. Or in the ESV, it'll say uh, she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And you made a great illustration about being a, a mother, concerned mother about your, uh, about your child in school. Uh, and just think about even on your jobs or uh, different areas of your life where you might have somebody just pestering you every day about something, whatever it is. Every day they're coming to you, every day, day and night. They're calling, they're texting, they're emailing. They're just at you every day, all day, and they're not leaving you alone, right? So at that point, you're getting kind of emotionally worn down. They're, they're wearing you down. And this is what the widow does to this judge. She's wearing him down. She's uh, emotionally attacking him uh, by her persistence each and every day. Let's pay attention to what Christ uh, says in verse 6. Now he's uh, turned his attention, he's turning his attention to his disciples. Now he's really zeroing in on what he really wants to say, speaking through this parable, speaking through this uh, story. And the Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. Listen to what the unjust judge says in this parable. So let's compare that real quick. Let's compare the unjust judge that we have in this story, in this parable, Jesus labels him an unjust judge. And let's compare him to the just judge who we serve, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's look at those characteristics. Those characteristics would be uh, the unjust judge doesn't fear God. He neither regards <coughs> man, and he's selfish. But let's turn and flip and look at our Lord and Savior, the just judge. He's compassionate. He's giving. He's all, he always has our best interests in mind even when we don't deserve it. Even when we don't deserve it, he's always thinking about us. So he's never coming from a place of uh, selfishness. He's always selfless. He's always giving. He, he gave the, uh, the ultimate price. He gave his life for us. I don't know how much more you want someone to give. In this example, Jesus tells his disciples through this parable, how you get your answer to unanswered prayer is persistence. Let's peek back at verse 1, at the end of verse 1. That they should always pray and not give up. So if there are things that are on your heart, if there are burdens or cares that you want to cast on the Lord, he's telling us the way to beat those things, the way to beat the pressure is through prayer, through constant prayer, through persistent prayer. The unjust judge, if you uh, look back at 4 going into 5, the unjust judge finally gives in to the widow's request. 
She's worn him down. Now he's just saying to herself, man, let's, let me get away from this lady. Let me get away from her day in and day, day in and day out. She's coming on my job. She's bugging me. She's waiting for me at home. She's bugging me. She's texting me. She's hitting me up on my pager. She's hitting me up on email. I mean, at every turn, she's bugging me. So let me uh, get her off my back. Let me uh, just grant her request. Let me allow her to get justice. But notice, it's not out of his own kindness or out of an unselfish place or that he's trying to right a wrong that he gives this lady justice. It's to save himself the heartache of her bugging him each and every day. So it's not uh, that he has a turn of heart and he's really concerned about her and he's really concerned about uh, giving her justice. He just wants to get rid of her. And let's, let's look at that in our own lives. Sometimes uh, parents in here, your kids bug you each and every day. Mom, I want this. Dad, I want this. And sometimes you just they wear you down and you just give in and you're just like, you know what, here. Here it is. So this is exactly what the widow did. Have we ever felt like, uh, God, come on, I need you to do this? Have we ever, through our prayer life or just through talking and walking with God, God, I need you to do this. Jesus, I need you to do that. And he's not acting fast enough. He's not answering your prayer fast enough. Do you ever, uh, and let's just be honest and transparent, do you ever think like, God, you're being like this judge right now. You're not answering me. I'm praying to you. I'm talking to you. But it seems like you're not answering the phone. And if you are, it's going straight to your voicemail. <coughs> Spam. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, in Jesus' word, he clearly tells us to pray and not give up. We might go through things each and every day, uh, day in and day out, month by month, year by year, but we just continually sit at his feet and pray, and those things will eventually get answered. Then we move on down to verse 7. And I will not bring God, or I will not, God, and will not God bring, I'm, I'm sorry, about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith, will he find faith on the earth? Now, if we're like the widow, his own elect, and that's what some uh, versions will say, um, speaking about the chosen ones, his own elect. Uh, will we, like that widow, the people who are chosen uh, from the foundation of the earth, the people who are called by Christ's name, the people who he redeemed us by through his own life, wouldn't our loving, giving, compassionate father, wouldn't he avenge us and rescue us if we're in trouble? So we never, ever have to worry about him being like this unjust judge. Even though he might not come when we want him, but he's always on time. Because he's just a loving father. So we talk about uh, verse 8. Uh, I tell you, he will see that they get justice. Jesus will avenge his elect. He will avenge his children. And quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on the earth. Jesus is saying to him, I'm coming back. I'm going to keep my promise. All that I've said, all that you've seen me do, I'm going to take care of my part of the business. I'm going to take care of my part of the bargain. But when I finally do come back on my second coming, will I find uh, the people who are called by my name? Will I find you guys faithful? Will I 
will I find you doing what I called you to do? Will you have faith on this earth when I come back? Through trials and tribulations, hard pressing, and uh, you can look uh, hard pressing up in 2 Corinthians 4 through 8. Will I, Jesus is asking, will I find faithful and not giving up in pain? Will I find you praying and not giving up? Will I find you praying and not fainting? Brothers and sisters, let's be persistent. Yeah, really good word. I miss my mouth when I'm drinking. I'm sorry. That was a really great breakdown of that word, and I really appreciate it. And I, I really like how you ended. Um, will he find faith on the earth? I mean, that's really the big statement. And, and it, this, this parable is really trying to relay that. I mean, it seems like an awkward parable in the sense that it compares God to this unjust judge. And if you just are persistent with God, if you're, you keep on bugging him, then he's going to answer you. But the relational atmosphere that, that the Lord, our Father, has seemed to have set up is just that. That he would be somebody, and it doesn't end up being bugging him, but he's a rewarder of those who have faith. To press in and press in and press in and press into the Lord. He's a rewarder of those. Like our faith, I'm learning this more and more, our faith is something that's not necessarily uh, um, passive. But our faith is actually something that's active. That drives us to a place of, of pressing in, of persistence. That our faith is, is, looks like endurance and perseverance. So our faith is personified by those things. I'm reminded of Ricky and Summer, right? Um, in that, and Ricky, you look caught off guard, but obviously you would know, like, um, as we pressed into the Lord for babies for you, right? We pressed in the Lord. We, we continued to beg him. And, you know, like, he could have told you no. He could have said no. But it was this thing of, for a period of time, the Lord taught us as a church what it is to continue to press into the Lord. And he rewarded you with a double portion, right? Uh, double trouble. Actually, double. Um, and with a little reaction shortly after. And so, and so we pressed the Lord. We pressed the Lord for answers in the midst of that. And I think the Lord actually set up this relational dynamic to where he's not easy to find necessarily. He is easy, but at the same time, he, he, he desires that our faith would drive us to places where we continue on it. We persevere in that. And so, I want to look, I want to switch to a different passage and look at a couple things. And first we'll look at Hebrews 6, right? Uh, 11, 6, excuse me. You probably know this. Hebrews eleven six says this. And without faith is it impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists. And he re rewards those who what? Seek him. He rewards those that seek him. So it's like that. It's like this passage of the parable of the, the woman who's continually persistent, continually seeking justice, continually in the face of the judge, continually there. That it, it, her faith is personified by this continuance, this persistence, this continuing on. And then, and then if you look at Matthew eleven twelve. Now, this is a little bit harder passage, and, but I think you've got to get it. Uh, I think we've got to work through this. Uh, 
Matthew 11, 12 is a little bit of a, of a harder passage, but it talks about this dynamic that's in the kingdom. And a lot of this is, is, um, is born out of some studies that a guy named Frank Viola has done. So you can look at some of his studies for better understanding of this stuff and better communication. But 11, 12 says this. Um, uh, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Now that sounds kind of weird. Right? It sounds like the, the, uh, we're called to be like violent almost, you know? Is anybody like prone to be violent here? Don't answer that. You know? <laughs> uh, but, but it's not actually saying, Tim Dobner is the most violent man I know, by the way. Um, you only really do him. Uh, but, but no, there, it, it's saying, listen, we're up against some obstacles, right? There's obstacles all around us. And, and, for, and the, where the Lord is, we've actually got to be violent with some obstacles. As Joshua's moving into the kingdom, he's got to be violent in, a, in the sense of breaking through some obstacles to move in and press into the kingdom. So there's some things that are up against you, specifically like, uh, specifically like the world and the flesh, that you need to be violent with. You need to cut those things out. You need to crush those things. You need to work through those things. And you need to, what this passage it really says in the Greek is you need to press in by force into the kingdom. You need to press into the kingdom. You need to push into it. You need to be violent. Violently go into the kingdom. So it's like this idea that you, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. Not out of a place of, of out of works. Not out of a place of works whatsoever, but a place of you believe in faith that the Lord rewards those who, who press into Him, who press into the Lord. And so we see this, we see, we see this more and more. Go, turn to Matthew 15, 22, and there's numerous passages. Matthew 15, 22. You've got to see this woman. She's pretty awesome. Um, 15, 22. This woman says... Uh, and Jesus went away from, or 21, starting 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And, and behold, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and was crying. Now, who's a Canaanite woman? What is that? That's a, that's a what? She's a Gentile, right? She's a Gentile woman, you know? So, so she wasn't meant to necessarily come before Jesus. You know, she's crossing some barriers. She's coming through some obstacles just to come before Jesus, right? So she's pressing in further. See, and let's see what she's got going on. Woman that came from the region out and was crying, have mercy on, on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by demons. So she finds herself in this place of despair, right? Similar to this widow that we see that we see in the parable, who's just seeking justice, right? And she's coming before the judge, asking for justice. Uh, and so her, her her family or her daughter is is severely oppressed by a demon, and and she actually needed somebody. Like you, what did you say earlier? What do you, what do we need sometimes? 
well, deliverance. Well, you're know, talking about some, sometimes persistence. we persistence for the people around us, right? The, I think the Lord has given us an example of somebody who's who needed help, somebody who needed help, and she wasn't going to be a person who's going to go pray for herself because she's got these demons inside of her that are saying opposing things. So she's got somebody around who's being persistent even on our behalf. Now this that's crazy to think about, but in, in terms of the kingdom, it's, it's really huge to think about. But catch this. Catch what is said. 23. Uh, but he did not answer her a word. So he didn't even answer Jesus. He didn't even answer her. He didn't even say anything to her. You know? this is, that's kind of that's strange. You know, Jesus, you didn't even answer her? But she keeps on pressing. She keeps on pushing through. <clears throat> send her away. For the, uh, the disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying out after us. Uh, and so the disciples, the disciples even say, say, just send her away. You know, don't uh, just tell her to leave. And essentially, Jesus, look what Jesus says next. He said, he answered. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he tells her, listen, you're Gentile. I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Um, so you're out of my scope of ministry currently. <laughs> like, I'm not even paying attention to you right now. Yeah, you're not on my what? Yeah, you're not on my context list. You're not even, yeah, I'm not even going to pay attention to you right now. But, I mean, there really is some, like, theological um, issues going on here. I mean, Jesus is saying, I'm specifically called to this place. But here's the thing. What are we asking when we, when, we come to the, when we come to the Lord, pressing into the Lord, asking Him for justice? We're asking for the kingdom to come down now, right? We're asking Him to come outside of His scope of, of ministry time period currently in, in a very real way. Um, and so, and so we're pressing into him. We're pressing into him. She keeps on pressing in. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. He answered again. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. Jesus said that to him. It's not right. She just called her a dog. She just called her a dog. That's Jesus there. That's Jesus. Now he's making some reference. So he's making some references to her being a Gentile, and that the and that um, um, the children's bread is Israel. You know, is Israel's uh, birthright, and that um, the Canaanites are are. But he's 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 saying, is she going to keep on pressing? I believe. Is she going to keep on pressing? She said, "Yes, Lord." Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you, for you as you desire. And her, and her daughter was healed instantly. Oh, instantly. Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the nest. Um, 
so we see this woman who continues just to press in, to push into the kingdom, who's got this faith to be persistent, to have endurance. See, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing that, um, like, I've just been learning a lot, you know, is, and we talked about it this morning. The kingdom is really big, right? The kingdom is really big. We just, like, step into it in the moment of salvation. We get our, foot, we get our feet wet, and we're stepping into it. But here's the thing. The kingdom is really much bigger than what we realize. Like, if God, if God is, is um, if God is God and He's infinite, what does that mean? He's really what? Really big. And God, yes. He's really big. And there's going to be obstacles. Like, just like in Joshua, there's going to be ob- obstacles to the kingdom. There's going to be obstacles to getting an audience with Jesus at times. But the Lord is a rewarder of those who have faith to persevere, to keep on pushing through the obstacles, to keep on working through those things. And, and we get an audience before Jesus. And, and Jesus actually desires that relational atmosphere in which when we push and we push through those things, we get to taste more and more of the kingdom. And it's infinite. It's an infinite kingdom. You know, if, if God, if Jesus, Jesus is that kingdom, you know, if God is, if Jesus is infinite, it is, there's no limitations to the places that we can push into and press into it. And so there's no stopping point. Now there's always, in this world, there's always going to be obstacles to that. There's always going to be things that we need to push through. We need to work through. But, but the Lord is a rewarder of that faith. <coughs> and so, like, uh, I'll close with this and the, and the band can come up. Like, uh, the, have, have we been a people that have become okay with where we're at. I was trying to express this this morning. Didn't do a very good job. Have we become a people that it's okay with where we're at, and we've stopped pushing? We've stopped pressing. We've stopped being that people who is is saying, "Lord, you're a rewarder of of." You're a reward of endurance. You're a re- you reward perseverance. Working through things. And the baby, come on up. And, uh, and just going back to this passage. Pray, pray on this. This passage. Let me get back to it. Luke 18. Pray on this. Like I said this morning, into the unknown places, the places that God actually may be moving. 
because we find we, we get comfortable in certain places or, or different things. But just like this, this um, widow in the parable, the Lord says in, in other places as well, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And he's speaking specifically to relationally with himself. So like you have not the presence of God in your life because you really ask not. You, you've been you've been bogged down by the obstacles you let them you let them hold you back you let them create limitations but you really have this opportunity to, to go beyond those borders to press into the Lord to do some violence with the things around you and just to press in to the kingdom. So if you're a person that just didn't Finances, just that he wants to, he wants to. 